Welcome to the Emmanuel Church Podcast. Here at Emmanuel Church, we believe that God wants to meet us where we're at. So whether you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can listen to the message from our Sunday worship experience. We would love for you to stay connected with us by visiting our website at myemmanuelchurch.com or at any social media platform at myemmanuelchurch. We hope you enjoy this message. Um, we are glad you are here. Uh, my wife sends her greetings. She's been struggling with a cold all week and, and suddenly hit her heart this past weekend. And so she is, uh, under the weather, uh, but she sends her prayers and her greetings. She told me to tell y'all hello and that she is, uh, she wishes she could be here. Uh, we're not doing live yet, so she can't just watch us live, you know, (laughs) But um, maybe one day we'd be able to do that. Uh, what, when our when our budget increases a little bit, uh, praise the Lord, we can reach people through Facebook Live or YouTube Live or other things like that. I see churches do that all the time, and I'm like, I wonder how much that costs. Anyway, I'm going on a tangent here, but we're glad you are here today. Um, Joining us uh, for week two of our series, Heart of God, Heart of God. And Valentine's Day is this week. I don't know if you have any plans. Um, uh, we're, we're celebrating Valentine's Day tomorrow because on Valentine's Day, uh, Leginska has to work. So, you know, it's not a national holiday or anything like that. But Valentine's Day is this week. And today, I believe in the heart of that, like, we are... Today, the title of my message is How to Love Well. How to Love Well. And we, we often get during this, during this time of year, we, during this month, we, we talk about love and what it means. And I've seen other churches, they're talking about relationships or they're talking about uh, uh, God's love. And dev- all of these things are well and good. And, and for us, we're in that similar line. We're talking about the heart of God and love and I felt it's necessary for us to learn how or what the word, learn what the word tells us about how we can love people well, how we can love each other well. You know, we, every single one of us is in some kind of relationship. And you might be listening and you're like, well, I'm single. Uh, I'm not in any kind of relationship. No, no, that's not what I mean. Every single person is involved in some kind of relationship. It doesn't have to be romantic, but we have relationships with family, with parents, with siblings. We have relationships with friends, uh, those that are close close friends or uh, friends that are acquaintances. Uh, we have relationships with coworkers, bosses, uh, uh, people like that, that we are involved with in other ways. And we have relationships uh, with strangers, whether or not we, we know it, you know. Uh, have you ever seen someone that you don't even know their name, but you see them all the time? And somehow you interact with them on a regular basis, but you still don't know who they are. And they're still a perfect stranger, yet you still have a relationship with them. And people that you see at the store and uh, people that you go where, wherever you go, work, whatever. Um, but we have, within those relationships, we have a choice. How are we going to treat people? How are we going to, to love them? Are we going to love them? Or are we not going to love them? We have that choice. Love is more than just emotion. It's a choice. 
it's not, it's a daily choice. And it's more than a daily choice, it's a moment by moment choice. How are we going to treat people when we're in line at uh, Walmart, you know, or, or somewhere else, whatever the store is for you? You know, my wife sometimes, she gets, she gets upset. I say, I'm going to the store. What store? I told her, it must be a Mexican thing, because growing up, I always heard, I'm going to the store, going to the, uh, voy a ir a la tienda, I'm going to the, to the store. And it's like, well, we don't do that in Puerto Rico, you know, we say where we're going, we just say with the store. I don't know what that means, I just want wherever. Wherever, whatever store we're at, wherever we're going, whether work or whatever, we have that choice. Moment by moment, we have a choice of how we're going to treat people, how we're going to love them. We have a choice how we're going to treat people in the streets. When there's traffic, we have a, we have a choice of how we're going to treat people when they're making us wait, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, when we're hungry. We have a choice of how to treat people. Usually in those last ones, we don't really choose the right thing of how we should love people. But we still have a choice of how we are going to be. Are we going to be someone who is easily influenced by our situation, our circumstances, our, our anger, our hunger, our, our, our prejudices? Or are, are we going to be a people that loves like God has called us to be and empowered us to be? Today, we're going to look at what scripture tells us is a model, uh, shows us is a model for love. How do we love well? Romans chapter 12 verses 9 to 21 is where we're going to be at today. Romans chapter 12 verses 9 to 21. The book of Romans uh, is written by the Apostle Paul and he's writing to the church in Rome. And he is telling them a lot of different things about how he wants them to be and how he wants to visit them. And in the first eight verses of this chapter, he talks about what it means to be a living sacrifice. To, to give yourself over to God because of, of God's love for us. And so in nine, verses 9 to 21, he tells us what it looks like then for us to live that love out to people. What does it mean to really love those that are around us? And he says this, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful what you do. Be careful to, to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
Father, I ask that you speak to us today through your word. Spirit, enlighten us. Holy Spirit, enlighten us to what it means to us today. What, how we can put it into action in our own lives so that we may be a people worthy of the calling that you have placed on our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this, this gives us a model of what it means to love well. And there is a lot here. There's a lot to unpack. And I don't want to take like all afternoon here because I know, you know, we're hungry and um, and uh, the, there's things we got to do today. I don't know. Sometimes Sunday you, is the day people do errands with. So I don't want to take all day here. But if the spirit is willing and we're going to be here two hours, we're going to be here two hours. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so the Bible tells us and gives us this picture of what it means to love well. So I'm going to break it down into some uh, some snapshots of what Paul was writing here so that we uh, can get an idea of what it means. First of all, Paul tells us that love must be sincere, must be sincere. In another version of this, uh, in another version of the scripture, that first verse that says love must be sincere. Uh, it says instead, love must not be hypocritical. Love must not be hypocritical. Don't, love shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't be hypocritical in how we love people. What that means to us is that love should be honest and real. You know, because a lot of people uh, that might call themselves Christians, sometimes we put this air of love on, this face of love on to people. But what we're really doing is so that people can notice us, either notice us, or that we can somehow trick God into believing that we love people. Love is can be a complicated thing, and loving people can be a complicated thing. Because I believe we have an idea of what it means to love people. But we have been taught certain ways of loving people. We have been taught uh, what, what, what is okay or what isn't okay. We have prejudices towards people that we may not even believe that we have. We think that we're good. We think that we're fine. But... A, a true love is supposed to be real and sincere. And that means we have to look a little bit deeper inside of ourselves. Deeper by, past biases that we have for people. Deeper the, past prejudices that we've grown up with. So that our love isn't hypocritical. So that we can get to the truth of what it means to really love people beyond what they look like. Beyond where they come from. Beyond where their, their economic status, their... Whatever their races, whatever their political beliefs or religious beliefs are, beyond all of that, love is supposed to be sincere and good. Paul tells us that a sincere love hates evil and does what is good. So, what does that look like? What does that mean? It, it, you know, we I think a lot of people get this wrong in that. Oh, there's a common phrase that, that I hear people say all the time. Love the sinner, hate the sin. You know, love the sinner, hate the sin. But the problem with that is, is that that's not even in the Bible. And maybe that's a surprise to you, but that is not a biblical statement. That doesn't come from anywhere in Scripture. It doesn't say to love people and hate the sin. The, in fact, the Bible tells us to love people as yourself. And that's where we, that's where a lot of people get that. And they're like, well, that just means that we have to love people as they are and then just be, be angry at the way we sin. But this scripture tells us to love what is evil and love doing what is good. And one thing to keep in, in mind here is that Paul isn't talking to, to non-believers here. 
One thing that I believe people in church get wrong a lot of times when we're reading the Bible is we forget who it was written for. It wasn't written for people that don't know Jesus. In fact, it was written for people that followed Jesus. And so what I, what we see here is that Paul is telling us, don't love what is evil. He's not telling us to avoid people that are sinners because that's one thing that people do. They say, well, you know, we should just avoid them altogether. We shouldn't go to places where they're at. We need to be pure and holy. That's what holiness means. But no, no, that's not what it is. He's not telling us to do that. He's not telling us to hate people and hate the sin. Because the problem with that is, is that it's really easy to cross the line into hating the person. When you say that you hate someone's sin, it's real easy to cross the line into hating that person. Because we associate, whether we believe it or not, we associate people's actions with who they are. By what they do, we tell them, well, if that person is serving the poor, that's a good person. But if that person is is angry or all the time and they're just being rude and cruel, that's a bad person. We, We might be saying we hate what they do, but we're already judging them for what they do. Instead... When he tells us to love people that are sincere, it is to look for the benefit of others. That's what he tells us. Honor one another above yourselves. Think about your position, where you have been, what you have done, and love that person regardless of what they're doing or how they're living. Because that person, whether or not, everybody in this world, whether or not we think it or, or agree with it, Because God doesn't care whether you agree with him or not. Every person on this planet is a child of God. You might not think about it that way. It's like, well, you know, a terrorist couldn't possibly be a child of God. They are a child of God. A racist couldn't possibly be a child of God. Yes, they are a child of God. That doesn't mean they're living right or doing the things that they should be doing. That doesn't mean that they are, uh, are right with God. Of course not. Just because they are a child of God doesn't mean they aren't living well. But we're still called to love those people. We're still called to love the people that it doesn't make sense to love. That's what it means to love sincerely beyond the the surface level things. It looks at how God looks at people. You know, because God, God, the Bible tells us that God looks at the heart. And his heart is for people. He sees in the core of who they are, who he created them to be. Not how everyone else sees them. Not how everyone else imagines they should be. Or this model that we create. What is a good Christian? And we tell people that this, this is the model Christian. This is how you should behave. This is how you should dress. This is how you should talk. But if what if someone doesn't fall into those guidelines? Should we still love them? Yes. Yes. Sincere love doesn't... It doesn't take our interests or our feelings into consideration. It takes others first into consideration and in how we make them feel. How we make them experience God through us. Because sometimes we might think we might be doing the right thing when really all other people see is hate. Sincere love goes beyond that surface level. And it is grounded in who God is. Paul tells us right here, he says, 
And he says, don't forget to be zealous. Don't forget to be uh, fervent for God. Don't forget to pray and to serve others. All of that is to tell us that what, how we love is grounded in who God is. And God is love. Remember that? God is love. Uh, the Apostle John tells us that in his letters. He says, God is love. And if anyone loves God, they are living in love. But if they are not living in love, they're not living in God. Because they don't know God. They think they know God, but there's something that is off. They have created a Jesus for themselves that is not the Jesus of the Bible. Jesus did things that didn't make sense to people, but it was all grounded in who God was. When he rebuked religious people, it was because he loved them. And I think we, we, we don't think about that sometimes, but Jesus often rebuked people that we would consider good. In this day and age, you know, I think a lot of people tell themselves, it's like, oh, we look at the Pharisees in the Bible, man, they were just bad people. They were just always getting on Jesus's case. They were always saying something. But what can we really consider good? Because nowadays we might think that the Pharisees were bad people when we might be living exactly how they were. And Jesus would rebuke us, would rebuke us the same. I thought, no, you've got it all wrong. To the ones that were supposed to be following him, those were the ones that he showed harshness to and told them, you need to get things together. Discipline, that's what the Bible tells us, that God disciplines those he loves. And those are, the, those are us, those are the church. And so he gets on to us. But he never corrected people that were not his followers. Instead, he extended love to them. That was the heart of who he was. If we want to be fervent and passionate for God, if we want to pursue him with zeal and love, that means we need to stay connected to who he is. That is what it means to love sincerely. Secondly, Paul tells us to bless others who curse us and to mourn with those who mourn. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Kobe Bryant passed away. And uh, I, I have not seen a, a time, and I know, it's sometimes we still think about it, and it's like, is this real? Was this real thing that happened? And I've not seen someone pass away, someone so significant pass away in our nation where it kind of united like the whole country for a while. Everybody just kind of like came together and was like, this was, this was a tragedy. This was a loss. And even now, uh, you know, they're talking about everybody, the, the players the, in the NBA that have been making tribute to him and how they're playing and, and doing things that would honor him and his honor, his memory. And during that time, though, you know, Kobe didn't live a perfect life. And there was stuff that in his past that wasn't perfect. But And there were people who were calling him out for that as if taking advantage of the situation immediately happening. When the Bible, when, when that, that often happens, that we see people that are struggling through difficult things. We see people who are struggling with loss. And oftentimes the first thing a Christian response is, is like, well, that, that's because they're living in sin. That's just because they're bad people. Well, look at what they did. Instead of actually sitting there and being sad with them. Instead of being with them in in their time of need. Instead of standing with them in their difficulties, in their hurt, in their pain. Which is what God tells us to do. Mourn with those who mourn. If they're crying, cry with them. If they're 
cursing you, bless them. We don't like that. You know, someone asked me uh, the other day, has anybody ever like cursed you out? Oh yeah, it's happened. I don't even remember why it happened. I just remember that they were in my face and angry at me for something I don't even know. I might not have even done. Maybe I did. I don't know. And I, I didn't get it. And, and it's hard, but in those moments, you want to be angry. You feel like I'm justified to be angry. And this is why are they yelling at me? What is going on here? But the Bible tells us to bless them instead. Bless those who curse us. Mourn with those who mourn. These, these are key to, to be able to connect with people when it doesn't make sense. Instead of just saying things that come to, to our mouths, we should instead think about our position. That's what I believe Paul was trying to tell us here. When others curse you, think. When people are mourning, think. Too many people act without thinking. You do that? Anybody do that? I do that sometimes. You do something before you think about it. And you just jump right into it. And you're just like, yeah, this is, this, I should do this. And then you end up losing money. <laughs> or, you know, uh, worse Things happen, you might lose friends, you might say something that, and you start an argument with someone that you actually care about when you didn't mean to do that or didn't mean to say that, but we don't think. Uh, who was it? I was talking to one of our, our students and they said, you know, common sense isn't so common these days. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, it's not. People don't really think about what they're doing. Instead, they just act and they react. To what's going on around them. But I believe God is telling us. Before anything happens. When when people are going through bad situations. Or when someone is putting you through bad situations. Wait and think. Don't just react to this. But instead do what you should. To love that person. Instead of reacting in anger. Or reacting in disappointment. Or whatever it is. He tells us instead love people. And that goes hand in hand with the next next thing. Because it says live humbly. Do not consider yourself better than other people. Live humbly. Don't be conceited. You know, like those people, I don't know. I, you know, I hope I'm not calling anybody out there. And they're walking through the hallway and they see themselves in a the mirror and they stop and like, oh, I look good today. <laughs> we know who, we, you know, you, you, everyone knows someone like that. Maybe you're that person. You're like, yeah, I know. You know, sometimes, sometimes, though, you know, you, you just got to be, uh, you, you just got to be good to yourself. It's like if you're wearing a good outfit and you feel good, yeah, give yourself a little confidence. Boom. But being conceited or, or being humble, not being conceited and being humble doesn't mean that we shouldn't be happy with ourselves or anything like that. You know, I was, I was uh, having a conversation with someone last week and I was telling them, you know, we have this idea of humility in the church. And this idea of humility means that uh, we're taught that we should be, uh, you know, down on ourselves. We should, you know, not, when it does tell us don't think of ourselves better than anybody else. Yeah, it didn't say don't think of yourself worse than everyone else though. But that's what we do. We we put ourselves down. You know, I used to have a problem um, where people would come up to me and tell me, oh, you know, that was a good preaching. And I would be like, uh, oh, you know, it was all God. It was all God. I, I, know, I don't know how to take compliments. I don't know about you. Like, I'm bad at taking compliments. But, like, people compliment me. And I'm just like, thanks. 
I, I don't know. What, what do I say? Happy birthday. You know, what is my response to you? I don't know what it should be. But I remember I said that one time when I was in Bible school and there was a pastor. He came up to me and he told me, you did well today. And I was like, oh, it was all God. And he says, no, don't say that. And I'm like, excuse you? But he told me, he says, don't say that because what you did was the result of a gift that God gave you and preparation that you put in. It's okay to say thank you because that's what God has given you. When you say, no, it was all God, you misrepresent yourself and you misrepresent God. Because if it was all God, then it'd be perfect. And was it perfect? No. You could do better. <laughs> I was like, okay, rude. <laughs> First, you're complimenting me and now you're telling me I could do better. But no, it's true. If it was perfect, then if it was perfect, then it would be God. But we don't love perfectly. We don't do things perfectly. So it's not all God. But humility isn't that. Humility is instead us reminding ourselves of our position in relationship with God and how in God's eyes, we're not better than everybody else, but we are loved the same. That is so important to live out a life well, uh, uh, live out love well, because then we remember everyone is on my level. If God loves me, then he loves them, and so should I. I'm not better than anyone. I'm not worse than anyone. But, at the, but no, matter if, no matter the sins I've done or my past or whatever, God still loves me. And if that means he loves me, that means he loves everyone else too. Because I'm not, I, we're all the same in God's eyes. We are his children. We are loved. He created us and he sent Jesus for us to die on the cross for us because he wants us to know who we are in relationship to us. And that doesn't mean we're low or anything like that. Instead, we're high. The Bible tells us that he created us just a little bit lower than the angels, but he elevated us past them. Because we were the crown of his creation. And he said, this is who I want. I want them to be something greater than they ever could imagine. That they are loved so much. To live humbly is to remember that we are loved by God so that we can love others. Then Paul tells us, live at peace. Anybody know anybody that likes to start fights? Or likes to start fights on... Uh, Anybody know anybody that likes to start fights on social media? No? Yeah. I, I know a couple of people like that. Uh, and I always see them online. You know. Instead of graciously answering or trying to understand another person's position, they're immediately making fun of them or laughing at them or fighting with them or starting an argument. You know. And we do. Like people do this. Like, and, and sometimes it's because we feel justified. We feel like we're right. You know, I know what I'm talking about. I have experience in this, you know, or, or whatever our mindset about it is. We try to fight with people. You know, we look for any excuse. Or how about, how about you know anybody that uh, always tries to fight when they go to a restaurant? Well, this did, just didn't come out what I wanted. I want a refund. Oh, this is, this is bad. Like, oh, the service was bad. I'm going to give them one star on Yelp. Yelp is for people who want to give bad reviews. Like, I'm convinced of that. Like, nobody leaves a good review on Yelp. I have been to restaurants where the Yelp review is like one star and the Google review is like four and a half. Like, people complain on Yelp. That's all they do. But we do that. Like, there are people that they just want to start a fight. 
I saw a Yelp review the other day that was just like, um, so I went to this haircut. I went to get a haircut and I was trying to look for the cheapest place. And this place was $30. There's a man looking for a haircut. I know, ladies, I know y'all pay more for haircuts. So uh, that shouldn't be even be a complaint. Uh, but he was like, I went to the, went to look for the cheapest haircut I could find and I found this place and this was the cheapest I could find and it was $30. And he gave them one star and it's like, so you're, you're giving them one star for finding the thing that you were looking for? I don't understand. People just want to fight. But, and I think Christians a lot of times always think that there is some kind of fight to be fought. We often been taught about this war mentality. And yes, for sure, there is an enemy that is fighting against us. And he is trying to knock us down and keep us down. But that does not mean everyone is our enemy. Sure, there are people that do not like you. Not everybody will. I'm sorry to break it to you. If you think everybody loves you, there is secretly someone that's like, nah, I'm not on their side. And maybe they don't say anything, you know, and that's probably the best case scenario if you don't know. But, but the Bible tells us to live at peace with others. That is drastically different, I think, because a lot of times it's just like, well, you just got to, if there are people coming against you, you got to be ready, ready to defend the faith. And to their minds, that means you got to argue with them and prove them wrong. But that's not what God is asking us to do. He says live at peace with people. He doesn't tell us to fight them, to argue with them, to win arguments, or to, to berate them because they don't live like us. No, he says, live at peace. What does that mean? Treat others with kindness. Treat others with love. Be the best that you can be to not start fights with people. Living at peace doesn't make sense to us sometimes because they're like, well, there seem to be some people that are in direct opposition to me. Like, they verbally, openly say it. I know I've had people like that in my life, too. I know I've mentioned the story. I had a high school enemy, and he would often tell people that he was my enemy and that he didn't like me and stuff like that. But I didn't try to fight him about it. I was like, okay, I'm your enemy, whatever. I ain't going to bother you, though. Because we're called to live in peace. Peace doesn't mean, though, that we're just, we're, we're just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. It's not a passive thing. Peace, instead, is an active thing. Because when people come against us, we don't lash out. But instead, we give out love. Because the Bible tells us right after that, it says, do what doesn't make sense. When you have an enemy that, that, that is in need, you give them something to drink. When they're hungry... Give them something to eat. Even when they're actively against you. Still love them. Love when it doesn't even make sense. This is the model that God has given us to love people. To be able to show them something that is different than what they're used to. Because we live in a world that is so self-serving that love has become that too. It's become self-serving. When people are getting in relationships, romantic relationships, it's about all I can get out of them. What's best for me? When we, are, when we have friendships even, it's not about what I can do with, for them or how they make, or what I can do for them. It's how, how they make me feel. And if they ditch you, you're automatically angry because you're supposed to be the center of attention. And if that is you right now, the Lord is talking to you right now. 
Because we, we do that. I've seen people, I've had friends like that where I, I wasn't able to hang out with them and immediately they're angry. It's like, dude, you're not the only person in my life. There are other things that I have to do. I'm sorry. Yeah, I still love you. But that, but we, we cannot be self-serving. The love in this world is self-serving and looks out for us ourselves because we're number one. When somebody doesn't fit the mold, we walk away. When somebody doesn't give us what we want, we walk away. Yes, people are not always intended to be in our lives forever. But that is not how God has called us to love people. So how then, as I'm getting ready to close, how then do we put this into action? How do we take all of this and live it out? What do we do with it? What do we do with this knowledge? We must find out where God is working around us so that we can work with him in love. How do we do that? Pray. Some of us don't pray enough. It's okay. God still loves you. (laughs) But pray. Ask God. See, a lot of times we use prayer as this, this, this device for what we want from God or what's going on in our lives. But remember, we talked about prayer last week. And we talked about how Jesus told us the first things you do when it comes to prayer is seek God's glory and seek God's kingdom. So ask, God, where are you working so that I can work too? What are you doing so that I can be there? And that means serving too. Serving here at church. Serving where you are. Serving other people. Don't consider it a pain when someone asks you for a favor, but instead love them and serve them. Say no if you have a lot of stuff to do. You know, don't overwhelm yourself. But serve people. Even if you don't get anything out of it. Celebrate. This is how we find out. This, this is an interesting one that I, I thought about. I read this online. It's like, how do we find out where God is? We celebrate. I think we're really bad at that. Anyone ever, have, anyone ever else see someone have a blessing in their life and you're just like, oh, that's great. Praise God. But in the back of your head, we're like, why can't I get that? I've been looking for a new job. I've been needing a new, I've been needing, I've, I've been needing. And why? We, we become passive aggressive. But if we want to know where God is working, if we celebrate with those who are receiving from God, who are being blessed by God, and we see where God is doing things in other churches and other places, if we celebrate that, then we can see, you know what? God is working there. We should do something there. I should be a part of what God is doing there. To celebrate God's love means to, to be remind ourselves that we're in this together. Two, every single one of us that is here, that is part of the church, we are supposed to be in this together, to love people together. Not creating division, not fighting against each other, not walking off in 10 different directions, but all working towards the same goal of loving people because this is his heart. This is God's heart to love people. So let us love them well. Let us love them well. Would you stand with me this afternoon?
It's not easy. But one of the things I said in the very beginning was that we are called to love and we are empowered to love. We don't have to love people through our own love because human love, like I said, is self-serving and fickle. But we have been given the opportunity to have the spirit of God living in us who gives us the strength to love others in God's love and not our own. To love others in God's strength and not our own. To love others through God's eyes and not our own eyes. And if we would trust him, he can show us where he's at and how we can love well. So I'm going to pray with you today. And if you need prayer for anything else, we are also here to pray for you. And Jesus is here too. If this is the first time you've ever heard anything about Jesus, for those who might be listening online to this message later, you are loved. And we want to pray for you too. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this opportunity to be here today. Through our lives, through our week, through this year, God, help us to be a church that loves well. That loves people when it doesn't make any sense. That loves people when where others don't to love beyond the surface level God to love sincerely and truly with the love that you have given us Lord help us to do that because it's not easy it's not easy to do it but through you we can through you we can And for those that might be hearing about Jesus for the first time today, God, let them know that they are loved, that he is there for them. And there is so much he has in store for them if they would just make a choice to know him, to know him, God. We pray for those who don't know him, God. That we might be able to be the light to those in darkness. The love to those who are hurting, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. We hope you enjoyed the message today. And we would love to hear the story about how God is using this ministry to change your life. You can share it with us at myemmanuelchurch.com slash mystory. And if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can give online at myemmanuelchurch.com slash give. And if you're in the Houston area, we would love to see you on Sundays at 11.30 a.m. Have a blessed week.